Hi, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. Um, I think you're going to provide a fresh perspective compared to the other episodes. I was hoping that you could briefly introduce yourself before we get started. Great. My name is Jerry. I'm originally from Michigan. Uh, spent my entire career and a long existence in New York City. And I'm now residing in uh, Sarasota, Florida. How exciting. A lot of different places there. Yes. <laughs> so we've invited you on this podcast today um, because you are one of the individuals who have decided not to have children. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and what in, went into your decision making. Well, I guess I should say that I am a baby boomer at the um, kind of the, the middle on, on that. And I'm the oldest of four. And I think I did enough babysitting. And I know that sounds funny, but um, there's a seven year gap between myself and then my next sister. So not only um, am I the oldest, but I also have a lot of traits, what I'm going to call old, um, uh, kind of the only child trait. So I think that that was kind of something that influenced me because even though I'm very close to my siblings now and always have been, I, I never had this desire to have a child. Two, I loved my mom because she was my mother. Um, I'm not sure if I really got um, wonderful guides, you know, there, I don't know if she was the best parent, to be honest with you. So I really questioned, would I be? A good mom? Did I have a good example? Did I have a good role model? So I think that was, you know, a part of it. And then um, fell in love with somebody. But I always did think, oh, that my life, I would probably be wonderfully married and it would be like one long affair. And then I always saw myself, though, with three boys. I, I thought boys would be easier than girls. But I wasn't wedded to it at all. I think I had sorority sisters who were always talking about they couldn't wait to have kids. I was never like that at all and married somebody who um, just didn't didn't want kids, but it wasn't hard for me to say, oh, gosh, um, I, I just I really didn't care. I probably should say, too, that I don't think I have a lot of nurturing bones in my body. Um, I'm not a homemaker. I am not a cook. Um, I love architecture and homes. Uh, the house and all, all of that is just not anything um, that really turns me on. I've got probably more of the adventuresome spirit. I am more of a free spirit in that. So I view kids as maybe they would have tied me down. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. But I will say I have never regretted it for one minute. And I think that's a really important thing. That is very important. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that because, you know, a lot of the times when women try to voice that they don't want to have kids, um, even in the medical field, if they ask for a tubal ligation, a lot of the times doctors say, oh, you'll regret it when you're older. And they push them toward more birth control options or something less permanent. And so to have someone who's kind of been through it and, and now is kind of beyond that phase of considering having children at all, it's to say, I have zero regrets is pretty affirming. And I know this is more of like a case example, but I think that that's a really strong um, example of someone who decided not to and does not regret it and 
it seems like you're living life to the fullest and <laughs> not like you ever said I couldn't have kids if I did it'd be three boys but you chose to say no and your partner didn't want any and and it sounds like you made the right decision for yourself there, there's no question and, and you know it's interesting because in 1994 there was an article that was in New York magazine and it was called Childless by Choice. And we had gotten a phone call and would my husband and I participate in this? And I said, absolutely. And I'll never forget one of the things I told her is that a friend and I, we were on the beach together and she said, oh, you couldn't have kids. And I said, no, no, it wasn't a question that I could or couldn't. I, I chose purposely not to. And even for like friends sometime, it was like, really? And so I, I really do feel that some things that come with society, oh, you have to have children. No, you don't. And I, I think one of the things that is outstanding is that people will just say to my husband and I, oh my God, you are the most loving couple we have ever seen. And sometimes we will say, and we've been married, I don't, it'll be 39 years. And you know, I'll say to him sometime, do you think it's because we didn't have kids? You know, that there were not the kind of same distractions. Sometimes you, you view each other as parents as opposed to lovers and that. So I don't know. But boy, I have to tell you that I think people need to really discuss this up front. Because sometimes when the woman thinks she's going to change his mind or vice versa, I think it's a little bit of a disaster, um, you know, for the future. But in all fairness, I'm going to say I do have friends who focus so much on their careers mm. at the exclusion of having children. And there were some regrets that came on because they really didn't know how they could balance being a good wife and mother and having a career. So at that point in time, they, they took the career route. And a lot of them now, they even may be divorced and that too, and go, wow, did I make the right choice? That person does exist out there, yeah. um, but it's not me. <laughs> that is a very important distinction too of those who might want kids, but their career was more important, but that want still was present. And so you might look back and say, oh, I had that fork in the road and I'm not sure if I made versus yours just like, a clear path with, hey, if I move these bushes, I could go this way and have some kids. But that's a really important distinction too. And I think one thing about people discussing regret around motherhood is it's such a negative thing and an omnipotent type of feeling, but it can come and go, right? And it can be in parallel with positive emotions. Regret doesn't have to be this isolated experience. And I think that you know, maybe those individuals, I can't speak for them, but they might feel regret now. And then 10 years later, be like, you know what? Yeah, no, that was the right decision. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? It can kind of be intertwined and interweaved. It's an interesting one. I mean, let's face it. It is, as you said, a, you know, uh, a big, big decision. Um, and I always take it back to why do people want to have kids? Is that they want the mini me? 
is it because, oh, that's the thing to do there? And especially today, there aren't the things to do. You know, I mean, you either want to do it or you don't. It's not like, oh, I got the child. It isn't working out. I'm returning it. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's a big part of this, too. I have sadly, um, uh, I think it was like a Time or Newsweek magazine. Don't remember the circumstances or the years, but it was an extraordinarily high number um, of people in a research project that had said they would not have children again. Yes. Yeah. And that's really a mouthful there. I have seen um, people down here, grandparents who are changing their wills because they had said that little grandchild of mine was wonderful um, when they were little. Now when they're older, I can't stand them. People openly now saying, I like my children because they're my children. No, reverse. I love my children because they're my children. I don't particularly like them. And I think that's a, a change. And I think other mothers will be shocked or surprised sometime. But I think that that is a part of, I think it goes to show how things have changed over time yeah. and that you have a little more guts today. And I think the worst thing is when people would say, you know, are you going to have kids? Are you going to have kids? And I said, nope. But I don't think we got that a lot. In all fairness, other people told me they got a, a lot that people would always be asking. And let's face it, you don't know why somebody can't have a child or has just made the decision not to. So boy, you better really be self-actualized have a high level of your own self-worth and self-esteem and be on the same page with your partner. I think that those three things are, are very important. And I think that part of the problem with society, and, and we have changed a bit, is that females are typically seen as or through a prism of motherhood, which is why sometimes people get that question a lot. And I'm glad to hear that that wasn't completely your experience. Um, I know this is like a few sentences back at this point now, but we actually read that article that you were in, Childless by Choice. And so when you said that, I had a reaction. I know the viewers can't see my face, but I think that's awesome that you're up on the research. You've been involved and an active voice in this in a time where it maybe wasn't as acceptable either. Yeah. And I think that that's really important is that you've been this presence that has and you haven't faltered over the years right it's still the same and you're willing to come on this little podcast too to even <laughs> talk about it so I didn't realize New York Times had already picked you up for this but um I think that's amazing that you're willing to speak on it and you're knowledgeable too so what you talked about is some people do regret it and there were studies and we've talked about it in previous episodes in this podcast but it ranges from seven percent in America to 14 percent in Poland with like 8% in British and Germany of parents saying, if I could choose again, I'd choose not to have children. And some people don't get access to those types of research articles. And that's not a voice that's highly publicized. So sometimes I feel like some mothers picture motherhood as one way, and then they get there. And just like you said, you can't really return them. You start to change your will. And yeah, I love my kids, but this is not what I pictured my kids being like. And I'm curious, um, have you had friends along the way that have said to you, um, you know, some reasons that we note the research people regret it is 
this loss of sense of self of who am I and, and what am I doing here? Or sometimes people think, you know, I'm just not cut out for this. And if I'm not a perfect parent, I don't like it. And so have you had any friends reach out to you along the way and say something? Oh, a- a- absolutely. But you know, you use the word perfect first. And let me tell you, um, we've never looked for a perfect man. Um, however, that word perfect and that is used with women and sadly women use it to each other and mothers even use it on their own daughters, which I you know think is horrific in that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you, you, it's not possible. There's only 24 hours in a day, <laughs> the human beings that we are. You can't be that quote unquote perfect or balanced at everything. So I think that there has to be a level of, of acceptance on that. I think that um, the, the other part on the moms uh, saying things that the empty nester is, I think, one of the most obvious thing what happens when that last child goes off to college. And I think that if the mother really has focused so much and really lived their lives through the children, and the sad part is a lot of people did. I mean, if you're really working hard flat out in the workplace, you can't, but not every mother was an intensive kind of job. So I have definitely seen the complete loss of when the kids are gone, it's her identity was, you know, I'm Johnny's mom, that type of thing. And it does take a while. And then there's an impact in the household too, because all of a sudden that child was, you know, the focal point in that, and now it's changed. So a lot of people then that I've seen is like, wow, I'm kind of getting my life back. For other people, I think there were some, you know, valleys like, wow, who am I going to be? The sad part that I am seeing, though, is that you hear so much about grandparenting. And so what I have seen now is people going back and now beginning to live their lives through their children again. And it's almost like it's becoming a, like a default button. They don't have the interest. They, they just don't have the possibilities to explore. So where I deal with certain things in my work now is I see parents thinking we're going to move by the kids. Well, you don't know for sure if those kids, well, and with the future of work so changed today, are the kids going to be staying in that place? And then you have to, are you going down there because you want to become the babysitter and that, or are you going down there just because in a way to see the grandkids, which is wonderful. And then what about the parent who basically, um, this is what friends will say to me, oh gosh, I really don't like the way my kids are raising my grandchildren. You know, and I kind of say, I don't think you have a voice in that, you know, I mean, there's a step. So I think that the children play an interesting role through, uh, you know, this entire continuum here. And um, some of the work that I had done in the past and that people, well, and still, I guess, um, when I'd say, what are you planning to do in the future because I do a lot of work in the retirement space and um, they would say oh I definitely want to be with my grandkids that was a lot of the women the husband said I basically want to play with grandma but grandma wants to play with the kids so now I'm beginning to see that the uh, the familial is having a few challenges there with the between children and grandchildren. And then I'm seeing a lot of, um, wow, grandparents who have probably taken on far more in terms of the 
uh, I guess, financial uh, for the family sometime, as well as for the babysitting and yeah. the childcare. So we may start, so I don't have to worry about that either. Not that that was ever something I thought about, but it's interesting to see that now also. That so, is very interesting. And yeah. I haven't really even thought beyond motherhood of grandmotherhood, how that identity might come back around like you're talking about. Yes. And I actually don't even know how much that has been researched as a concept. I think that that's pretty new when you think about it, because we're very focused at the first level, not yep. the once removed level. And so that's a really interesting like idea and theory that you've just brought into this. I'm curious. Uh, so you talked to about that one person on the beach that says, oh, you can't have kids. Right. What other types of comments did you get along the way during those more childbearing years that were a bit more negative or assuming? You know, Amy, I think it's funny when people know my husband and I, and we are and always have been such a compact unit and we are the best friends of each. I mean, it didn't ever come on. I certainly in my career, I've always been a strong woman. Um, and because I wasn't wishy-washy on, on this. And then people sometimes, and it was funny, um, they'd say, oh, well, I don't have to say any you know, thing about my kids. And I'm like, wait, time out. I, I, kids are great. You know, it's not, I just made a choice. I just, I didn't want them. But I would always make a point of then um, saying to friends, hey, how are the kids and, and what are they doing? So I think that there was an initial thing that people thought um, that I really didn't like children. And I said, that's not, you know, the case. It was just that I didn't want them. And I think maybe because my husband and I truly had just such a fabulous marriage and still do, I think it was more, I don't know if I want anything to rock that boat. And so um, it is it is funny that I we just knew and maybe because we talked about it and because I hadn't like ever said, oh, I can't wait to, um, you know, have kids. I mean, we dated five years before we, you know, got, got married. And um, so, but, but it was young enough that there were no, you know, biological clocks or anything on that ticket, but we just, we just knew, but, um, and I think we just put ourselves first. Now, I will say that sometimes people say, well, don't you think that was pretty selfish? Hmm. And I'll, you know, and I would go, what do you mean? They go, well, here you, you're, you're fabulous people and this, this, and this. And I said, well, isn't it wonderful then we can touch the lives of other people's children, whether it's our immediate nieces and nephews, whether it's getting involved through, you know, philanthropy, which is something that has been addressed. But that's what uh, was um, that, you know, people were like, oh, you would be such so great as parents. And I said, you have no idea whether I would be great or not. So, and sometimes I think people wanted us to join their club because, well, we're parents and we want you to be parents. It's, it's true. The biggest thing I've noticed is that um, my one sister with the, with, you know, who had um, children and um, I would say, well, how do you know this person? Oh, through the kid's school. And I think that's a difference. Children um, and their school play involvements in that can bring other friends. Yeah. Those children's parents 
become part of the social. We never had that. So we've always had to work and create, you know, our own lives. But um, as again, I certainly never thought about like, oh, that my children would be door openers. No, right. I, I think there's something to you really have to think about yourself. If you are somebody who really is in a teaching mode and has a lot of patience, two things I really don't have. I just made an assumption too that those would be important skills to have to be an effective and a good parent. And I already knew that they were not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. So maybe I did look at this very rationally, but I think it was romantically first and, and it stayed true. So um, but you, you, if you're wishy-washy or the worst, I think would be if you wanted and your husband didn't and then you or your partner didn't. And, and you just acquiesced, I think that would be pretty tough because if you really felt like I've got this maternal pull, it's like with anything. And if it's not fulfilled, that's got to be painful. And I think over time, somebody could hold it against their partner. Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. I think yeah. that talking and talking early when you're ready is important and communicating and I also like that you, and thank you for sharing that, that someone had said, oh, you're selfish for right. that, because I think that that is what mothers can do in terms of, there's this, this term called maternity coercion of, well, I've been through it and I could do it. So you can also do it and you should do it because that's what that whole theory of that biological predisposition of that's what we're here for, to procreate. And so that that act of not having children seen as selfish is unfortunately a narrative that I think that part of this podcast is to try to change things like that. And, you know, it's not okay that someone called you selfish because you had made a decision based on your wants, needs, values, and communication with your partner. And it's so much easier for someone to say, you know, you're selfish or something like this, someone who didn't versus if you see maybe an unfit parent how much hate you might get for saying, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe the choice was better if, if, if maybe you didn't have children, you couldn't, you know, you can't even imagine saying the opposite, but people. Now you raise a really good point because how many times have we all said and go, that person never should have had children. And so you're right that you say it to yourself, but you're right. Where would somebody, you know, say you're selfish or you should first, I hate the word should you either want to do it or you don't want to do it. And it's, it's your life and the way it's being done. But I, I do think that, um, and especially today, I mean, I mean, people will just say, um, somebody, a very good friend, oh, I think she's wanted to be, she had one son, and I think that she's wanted to be a grandmother forever, and her son had just gotten engaged, and she said to me, wow, they're not going to have kids. And I said, how'd you feel? And she said, I got a dog. <laughs> and she's serious and it's true because she realized if they don't want want it then they're making the right decision yeah so I think that now when somebody really says that they want to have the baby or they go through extraordinary they really want to have you know that that baby. Others will say to me, wow, it's a tough world. I'm not so sure if I want to bring a child into it. So it's, you know, whatever the comment is. Um, but 
you know, it is such a personal thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't have the kind of pressures. And as I said, other than the line on the, you know, the selfish, I was like, really? You know, I mean, I could almost say the reverse. You're selfish that you had three and probably. And then I hate right. to say you today you look at people and say, can they financially, you know, really support it? And then I do see a lot of grandparents who are really there, you know, helping out. So I'm like, hmm. And then, and then children, like somebody said to me, wow, they can, they're great, but they can sure disappoint you too. And I said, well, that's, that's just life. That's human nature. And, you know, you can give children the values and everything and, but they're independent. Yeah. That's they're on their own then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I'm glad you brought up that this person was able to acknowledge that her child did not want to have children and she found another way to be happy. And I think that's kind of the, the, the main purpose of this or what I would hope to communicate is changing that narrative. Society expects women to be nurturing and maternal and selfless and never think of themselves before their children or partner. You know, you've experienced that based on what people have said from time to time. And instead, I just want to get the voice out there that women can be happy without being a mother through careers, hobbies, friends, partners, and pets. And and it's just how you want to fill your cup. And a lot of people choose to fill their cup one way. And it might not be, you know, the drink, how they thought it would taste or the color it would be. And it's okay if you also choose not to pour your cup with that same liquid and not have a child. Children are not the pinnacle of a woman's existence, but I feel like that's how it has been portrayed for so long. Wow, Amy, as I'm listening to you, I mean, this has been eye-opening for me, um, or ear-opening, as we say. Um, I didn't realize, we we seem to be so much a, of an individual society now that I guess that I just would have thought whatever choice um, was being made, it was almost okay, because I thought, well, we have we've changed so much. Now, as I listen to you, I'm thinking, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, we're, we're back to that, that same, um, two, I'm going to use the word label and labels an interesting one, because I think particularly here in this country, we like to label people. I mean, the most obvious one could be like politically, but at the same time, when you see somebody and you label them, and if it says mother, that is a label. So then people know how to talk to, oh, where did your kids go to school or what are they doing? So there's, it's like a conversation starter too. Yeah. So when all of a sudden you're there and you're married, but mar- without kids, then all of a sudden, well, that's a little bit disruptive, not to you, the individual, the but other to that person. person. Yeah. The script and changes. That's it. And it's like, I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. I got a, yes. I got a great, yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, that's just the way it, it is today. But yes, we have so many different like um, choices on things. And there's a most wonderful, wonderful female artist, Mary Cassatt. Mary Cassatt paints just the most beautiful babies and children in that. And I said, oh, I wonder how many, you know, kids she has because her art, you know, there are not that many female artists in museums around the world. And she's got many at the Metropolitan Museum and elsewhere. She doesn't have kids. 
So my point is, is that, you know, I'm involved with something down here, you know, just supported their children first. It doesn't mean that I'm not out there doing things. I don't have to have my own. I could be helping other people's or just the collective children uh, at large, that type of thing. So, you know, you can, you know, somebody will say maybe she was, you know, uh, she never had kids of her own, but look how she touched all the kids of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole thing in the work I do too, is to get people not so narrow, not think that the only way you can make a difference in the lives of children is to have one of your own, but maybe, you know, is to say, I don't really want the kids. I love being with kids. Then think out of the box. Yeah. Think about how you, you can do it and do it differently. Um, and let me tell you, what I say to people and every bit of work I do is use your imagination and be curious. And also, I guess, since you've given me this little forum here, I've actually been with people. And this is a true story that, boy, I don't know, maybe happened well, it was before, uh, you know, COVID and that they were getting married. They had never really talked about having kids. He was about 39. She was 32. And all of a sudden he said, well, gosh, you know, hopefully next year at this time, you know, we'll be having a child. And she stopped and was like, well, I don't think so. And he said, what are you talking about? They did not get married and their wedding was like three months off. So don't assume that you're hearing exactly what your partner is saying i mean qualified because then people go oh i don't want to rock the boat i'd rather rock the boat now and say i'm not engaged as opposed to say (laughs) i'm divorced yes that's a really important point i think you know you've just touched on so much here between misconceptions of you don't like children because you didn't have them (laughs) or you're selfish because you didn't have them and i i'm curious you know, we talk about that label and that social script of motherhood. Now that you don't have that label, what other identities do you hold? And how do you think, um, you know, that fits into your quality of life? You know, I do do a lot of work in the whole area of identity because the work I do is in retirement and what happens to people when they do retire and if their work has been their sole identity. So that is painful to see both for men and for women, because if you would meet somebody and of course in our country, what do we say to, you know, what do you do? So the person says their names and then they say, you know, who, you know, you are. So I'm, you know, Jerry's written the book, Don't Retire, Rewire. But for me, I've always had a, I've worn many hats. I, you know, I've been on boards. I'm a wonder, you know, full friend. Why, I've never just honed into one thing. Um, I have multitude of interests. I guess I would even look at myself more as like kind of like a continuous learner. But even now, I don't look at myself as retired in any way. I'm not, I really look at myself as rewired because I'm constantly moving my energy into new and exciting areas to explore. So just as you are trying to change some perceptions, I too am, because in the past, retirement was so much maybe a life leisure, 
it is not a 30-year vacation because now that we've got this thing called longevity. So my challenge is to try to get people out there to explore. What do you want in your third act? What's it going to taste like, feel like? Um, what are you going to be really mad about if you don't get to execute on? So I'm trying to challenge people that, you know, our country put in the age of 65 to get the Medicare and, you know, Social Security and everything like that. So they inadvertently aged people, whereas, my God, people are going strong in their hundreds. I mean, there are three million baby boomers projected to live to be 100. So that's why I think part of this of, of the grandparenting and that is coming in is a lot of people didn't get the interest that they they didn't have the hobbies they didn't really pursue the the interest so now they're looking at their screen and they do see children grandchildren they're focusing on that and that's a wonderful piece because you know you can really touch the light but i said to somebody rather than you just going to disneyland with the kids or whatever why don't you expose them to something that you love in your life and whether it's it's the arts whether it's you know orchestra performance if this is maybe what's important to you know grandparents so that's even changing the narrative a little bit so you know we're both interesting how we're talking about this situation with children how you're viewing it in one way and I'm seeing it at the other end and I again I'm seeing the good news and and the 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 challenges shall we say that's a good way to put it yeah I think too then uh, my final question for you will be a, a hypothetical one. So if someone is wondering, I, I don't know if I should have kids right now, you know, in society, all my friends are having them, but I don't really want them. What is my third act going to look like without kids? Do you think that there is a good third act for them? Oh my God, of course, but I would not even jump that quick. If I don't care what the question is in life, you've got to be honestly having a discussion with yourself and say, why am I feeling this way? Just because your your friends are all having kids, if it's not inside of you, so don't even look for the future. I mean, oh gosh, I mean, my feeling is, God, we're so creative and innovative. You find things and you have to but, but kids just would not have ever been part of it. But I would go back to if somebody says, I don't want something, have the guts to talk to yourself. And I always say, write it on a piece of paper and put it down and come back to it a few days later. Or one of the things that um, we have always done, and it's funny, it's around like New Year's Day. And facing each other, we'd say, okay, so what are the fun things we want to do, accomplish, buy, what? And we started this like in early parts of our marriage, but we would not share. And so we'd say, let's just stop at, you know, 10 things or whatever that we would want to do maybe individually or, you know, as, as a couple this year or buy or whatever and compare the list. And, you know, it's like shocking when you think, oh my God, eight out of 10, like we're the same here. And you go, wow, we are really, you know, on, on the same page here. But I would say that to anybody, you know, of any, you know, couples and partnerships and that, um, 
write it down. Why do we want, or particularly why do we not? And then to, and that's, that's a discussion point. And maybe it isn't like not, but maybe not at this point in time. Mm. Yeah. Because I think those are what we call healthy discussions. And I mean, it's good discourse. It doesn't have to lead to fighting. And sometimes I'll say too, don't do it in the confines of your home. Do it, I like in a restaurant where you know you're not going to, God willing, explode in public or something like that, or somebody burst into tears. But, you know, it, it could be the person or the other person saying, it's not that I don't want to have us have a baby. I just don't think right now. And that gives the chance for the other then to say, well, how do we define the right time? And, you know, that I, I think that's it. But I mean, these are too important. This is too important. You're bringing a child into the world and it's changing your life. And I'll never forget. I, I'm also uh, I've been involved with Working Mother magazine in the past. And I'll never forget that one of the women there said, when you have one child, we have a baby. When you have the second, we're a family. And I'll never forget that was a very big distinction because now it's like you've got two that that you really got to focus on, you you know. And uh, um, yeah, so you you really there's many moving parts. It isn't just the joy of you know and the excitement of getting pregnant and and all that, but it's really thinking and, and playing it through and why. I mean, you've made me, as I said, nothing's changed in, in, in my mind and um, somebody I'll end with this and, you know, said, well, did you ever think that maybe made a mistake? I said, you know what? I think like one day, like 24 years ago for 10 minutes, I said, I wonder what it'd be like. And I go, no, <laughs> no. And I mean, I, so it's like, I know me. And, and that's the greatest gift that when you, you really know yourself and your decisions and you say, feels damn good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Jerry, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure of a conversation. I really appreciate you getting on here and talking about this side of childless by choice. And I think that you've given a voice to something that previously was not as present. So thank you so much. Amy, thank you for, for taking on the topic. I, I, the fact it continues to be important, um, you've demonstrated that to me today. So good luck on all this and I'm here for you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Take care.